as you're having a seat this morning, I think, you know, we've read some scripture thinking about that day and when Jesus returns and we sang a song, what a day that will be, but I just invite you just for a few moments of quiet contemplation, bow your head, close your eyes, and you know, that song envisions when he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land. What are you looking for on that day? Uh, might you just have a moment with Jesus all to yourself in these next few moments? Lord, we love you. We long for that day. Until that day, help us to know that you never leave us. You never forsake us. You are present with us even now. Might we experience your presence today. Not only in this place, 
gathered with our brothers and sisters. But as we go from this place, might we walk like we are walking close to you today. Be with us as we look to your word this morning. Attend to us, Lord. Speak to us. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask if any of y'all had anything y'all wanted to share with us after considering Jesus there. Anybody have anything that you want to share with us? A vision, a picture of Jesus that you have, Brother Mike? awesome amen we celebrate him we celebrate our lord and we joyfully celebrate with you brother amen yes miss ruth Let me ask you this. Did anybody see a scowl on Jesus' face? Right? That's how he looks at us, right? It's hard for us to consider that. It's hard for us to think that Jesus delights in us. I have a short parable that I want us to look at today. And um, the parable is that of the mustard seed. I don't even have to read it, although I will. Um, because uh, I know y'all know it. Um, so I just want to say, before we read it, two words stand out to me in this parable. The first word is least. Least. And the second word is when. Least and when stand out to me today. And these are what I want us to highlight and focus ourselves upon. Of course, we're going to look at this parable in Matthew chapter number 13, verse number 31. And Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. Now, the mustard seed is indeed the least of all the seeds. We'll pause right there for a second and just say, scientifically, we know that there's smaller seeds today. But at that time, in that place, uh, this was the smallest that they knew of. 
And so anybody who wants to get it on a technicality, uh, just move along. All right. Uh, this is this is Jesus speaking to his day and his time and his culture there. He said the mustard seed is indeed the least of all the seeds. But when it is grown, it is the greatest among the herbs. Or it's greater than the other herbs. It becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. Of course, Jesus, we find him in Matthew chapter number 13, speaking in various parables. He opens up with the parable of the sower and, uh, and, and the different types of, uh, uh, of ground or soil that the, that the seed falls on. And he gives some explanation and uh, understanding to his disciples about that. Uh, he goes on to speak in other parables, and, and he tells his disciples that, uh, you know, those who have ears to hear um, should, should listen and pay attention. Um, one thing that I always want to point out is, uh, you know, uh, Jesus' disciples were wise to go ask Jesus, hey, what, what did you mean when you said that, right? Um, and, uh, and that's a good point for us to start with with the parables is, is this isn't a test. You know, when Jesus says those who have ears to hear, let them hear, he's not saying, hey, can you get it? Can you get it? Can you get it? But it's one of those things for us who are disciples of Jesus that we can come to him in prayer and say, God, what, what, what do you mean by this? We want to know some understanding about this. Uh, I would also say that shows you that you actually have ears that are willing to hear that are willing to listen, that are willing to learn. Otherwise, you have proud ears, right? Uh, otherwise, you're, you're, you think it's a test and that you have to put on a show for God, for the Son, and for the Spirit. Oh, well, I can figure this out all by myself. And so, um, and so whenever we come to these parables, I would encourage you, don't receive it like a test. Like, can you figure it out? Can you get to it? Uh, we should be like Jesus' first disciples and come through the Spirit and ask God, say, God, open up my eyes so that I might understand this. And, and of course, all, all the parables um, are, are talking about the kingdom of heaven and, and, and various things that it wants to point out about the kingdom of heaven. First of all, he says, you know, the kingdom of heaven, it goes out into this world, but it doesn't always find fertile ground. It doesn't always find fertile ground. Uh, he also talks about the kingdom of heaven being being that which is is like is like a like a, a field in which there are wheat and there are tares uh, that are sown together and they grow up together, right? So the kingdom of of of, of heaven is 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 in this world. It's growing up right amongst all the other brokenness, ruinous, rebelliousness of this world. The kingdom of heaven is here. It's at hand. And then he comes and, 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 he, and, he, and he speaks about the kingdom of heaven being like this mustard seed. And he says it's, it's, it's the least of all the seeds. It's tiny. And anybody who has done this with children in a Sunday school or vacation Bible school, you know that it really is a tiny seed. Um. So a lot of times we highlight on this, on this aspect of the least, and especially when we're teaching children, we talk about uh, things that are small, insignificant. 
And we, we're right to do so because that is one of, the, one of the points of this parable is that it, these things are small and insignificant. But this morning, I want us to consider least a little bit differently. Uh, I think about least as those things which are uh, atrocious and unimaginable. The least being those things which are unholy and irreligious. The least being tragedies. And of course, you'll know why my heart is here in this present season. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Um, that God is able to take uh, that which has worked death and that which is to bring devastation and he can work life. He can bring something good of that which, which was only intended for evil. And I think about the least in this, this sense, and, and especially whenever I think about the term irreligious or unholy. Um, here's what I want us to understand about these two terms that I want to highlight today. The least and when is we often, uh, these are things that we often uh, either take for granted or things that we often mistake uh, we're often mistaken about. And here's what I mean. We often take it for granted that God can take the least things in this world, the worst things in this world, the most unimaginable things in this world, and work it for good. You and I, we operate under a, a system where, where we, try to, we try to get the best results by putting the best plan of action in place, do we not? Right? If we're going to have a nice fat 401k at the end of our uh, work life, then, then we need to take the proper steps now to make sure that we are doing everything to put uh, everything in order for that. If we're going to work a, a, a good, um, you know, if we're going to have good results, we have to work a good plan. And so we take for granted that God is not bound in the same ways that you and I are bound by, 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 by such circumstances. God can take the least, the most unimaginable, most atrocious, most horrific things, the most unholy, the most un irreligious things. And he can, and he can work good. He can bring life out of that which was intended for death. And so God, through his son, said, here's the kingdom of heaven. It's like a little tiny insignificant seed or it's like the worst thing that you could imagine now when jesus said this he wasn't just speaking abstractly although he was 
We know that Jesus would put concrete, uh, he, he would uh, solidify this statement with his own life. Because when Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven coming and the kingdom of heaven being sown into this earth or the kingdom of heaven being like a mustard seed and like the least of the, the seeds and being, being buried in the ground, Jesus is also giving us a little bit of hint and a nudge and a wink and a push so that we could see that at, in, 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 in just a few years from this date, whenever he spoke these words, whenever he is hanging on the cross, when he is writhing in agony and pain, when his body actually gives up the ghost, this most atrocious, horrible, unimaginable, unholy, irreligious act that happens to the divine Son of God, who was treated like the least of them, it would bear good fruit. It would bear good fruit. Now, one reason why we seem to take these things for granted, in part, is because you and I, we really, really, despite the evidence to the contrary, we really hope for a life of ease. Despite the fact that every time we turn around, we are hearing news not just things that happen halfway around the world or in some other state or some other county, but news in our own community. Despite the fact that every time we turn around, we're hearing news about somebody who's having to endure some horrible thing, some adversity, we continue to believe, wistfully imagine that this life will be a life of ease, of comfort, a life without many problems. In fact, many have this religious idea and they tie religiosity to this idea that if you do all the right things, your life will be easier. If you do all the right things, you won't face such adversities. And this is why we have to think about the least, not just being those tiny insignificant things, right? I like the least whenever I think about myself, right? I'm a little guy. I like to think, hey, God can do big things through little things, right? Uh, through little people. I, I like the idea of that tiny insignificant aspect, but we really need to wrap our minds around, no, God is able to actually work life, life, resurrection life, New life. Through the adverse, harsh, cruel circumstances that you and I find ourselves with. In fact, uh, one commentator, he's a Canadian theologian. Uh, uh, his name is Douglas John Hall. He says this. He says the basic distinction between religion and Christian faith is the propensity of religions to avoid precisely suffering. Religious 
Religion and religiosity wants us to avoid suffering. And it, and it proposes that we can. If you read your Bible and you pray every day, you will grow, grow, grow. Now, how does Paul say that growth happens in our lives? Paul says tribulation works patience. Patience experience. And experience hope. And hope makes us not ashamed. How does James say that growth happens in our life? Hey, my brothers and my sisters, uh, count it all joy when you fall into various temptations because the trying of your faith grows you. He says the basic distinction between religion and Christian faith is propensity of religions to avoid precisely suffering. They want to have light without darkness. They want to have vision without trust and risk, hope without an ongoing dialogue with despair. In short, he says, they want to have Easter without Good Friday. You and I experience a lot of Good Fridays, don't we? So my first point is that we highlight in on this word least, and we don't just think about it as tiny and insignificant, but we think about the least as the least imaginable things that we want to happen in our lives. The unholy, the irreligious, the atrocious, the abominable, the cruel, the harsh, the adverse. Jesus says the kingdom of God is packed in these things. kingdom of God is packed in these things. How in the world is the kingdom of God packed in this? I've said it before and I'll say it again. How else could it be packaged? What else does God have to work with? Right? Right? He doesn't have anything that is truly sacred, sanctified, set apart, right? He has this broken, ruinous, rebellious world, and he has you and me. And on my best day, I still fall short of the glory of God, do I not? So God says, I can take the least that this world has to offer. And I can bring life through it. Now the second word that I want us to highlight on is when. When. He says the kingdom is like, it's packed into this mustard seed. And it goes into the ground. <clears throat> but when it is grown. I was leaving from visiting Christopher on Friday. And that's a hard visit. Um, and I was talking to uh, Brother Sam Woltridge. And we were saying, man, we trust that God can bring life. 
And Brother Sam said, but the fruit of this will not be seen for quite some time. The good fruit takes time. So this is what I want us to have to hold us into perspective. Our faith is that he can take the least and he can create life. But the, our perspective has to be correct. This is going to take time. When it is grown. Uh, Peter tells us, don't think that God is slow. He is patient. He has to tell us because a lot of times you and I just think God is slow. <laughs> right? We have to acknowledge what he's trying to say there. He knows our hearts. He's speaking into a reality that you and I face. Why would somebody have to say, hey, God's not being slow? It's because you and I so often believe that God is just so slow, so agonizingly, painfully, even people will say cruelly slow. But he's not. He's patient. He's patient. What we should also understand is that God, God, while being patient, is always on time. He's on time. He's not on your time, and he's not on my time, but he's on time. Paul tells us in Galatians, when the fullness of time had come, We could also say, at the appropriate time. God sent forth his son, born of a virgin. Now we have to keep this in mind. Because you and I, uh, we are hasty. We're not slow. We're hasty, are we not? We're hasty. Something happens and we think we have to react right now, right here. We got to get it done. We're hasty. Despite the fact that wisdom tells us not to be hasty. And, and in fact, there, there are psalms that say, you know, in my haste, I thought this is the reality. In my haste, I thought all men are liars. Have you ever felt that way? You feel like the whole world's crushing in on you? Because you heard one or two bad comments about you. Everybody's out to get me. In my haste. You and I, were not slow, but we are hasty. That doesn't make us wise. Uh, but you and I are not very patient, are we? That is why we are hasty. Because we want to see something happen. We don't care if it's the right thing or the wrong thing. We just want to do something. We want to see some sort of action. You, you'll hear it all the time. If you're not going forward, you're moving backwards. That's how our world wants us to operate. Operate in haste. Come on, move. Come on, let's go. We don't have time for this. So you and I are hasty because we're impatient. God is not slow. God is patient. 
and we should connect his patience with his wisdom. And in wisdom, he works timely. So here's what I want us to say and to see. Not only in the present moment that we as a church have been in, but it, with all adverse situations in life. It takes time for that seed to go into the ground, to break open, to begin sprouting, to break through the soil, see the light of day. It takes time for that seed to begin to branch out. It takes time for that seed to become this tree that could be a habitat for birds to nest in. I have a live oak tree in my front yard. I've had it for three years and it wasn't just a sapling, but it wasn't much more than a sapling whenever I planted it. It's been three years and a bird still cannot nest in that tree. It will take some time. And so yes, our God says the kingdom is packed in the least thing. But our liberating King Jesus tells us when it is grown. When it is grown. And as Sam wisely said the other day, the fruit of this will take some time. The fruit of this will take some time. So let us, let us practice patience. You know, I was thinking about this as I was, <coughs> excuse me, as I was thinking about what is a way that we could be like God? We always think about holy. I can be holy. I can be pure. These are good ways to be like God. But you know how God revealed himself to Moses? When he revealed himself to Moses, he said, I am slow to anger. Exodus 34. I am patient, in other words. And I felt like that was a necessary word for us. That you and I, you and I who trust that God who raised his son Jesus from death. Who took what man meant for evil and worked it for good. You and I who have this solid foundation of faith in that. That you and I need to practice to be like God and be patient. We need to be patient. We need to know that we know that we know God can work good through the most unimaginable, atrocious, horrific thing we could ever comprehend. He did it with Jesus on the cross. He will do it with whatever adverse situation we find ourselves facing. 
but we have to be patient. We have to be patient. And so that's our word today. Is that we will be, we will be the people who are patiently waiting and watching for that good thing which only God can do. And with that I say, Amen. Would you join me in a word of prayer? Lord, I love you. I thank you for who you are. God, I pray and I just...